0: Curation, radical Islamic terrorism, and learning how it's okay to put America first. That's what we're going to be talking about today on the Terrorist Therapist Show. Welcome to the show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. I'm here to help you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Well, today was the big day, the inauguration, and if you love President Trump or you hate President Trump, you got to have found something in his speech to make you feel good. Well, today we're going to be looking at, I'm going to be actually putting the inauguration on my couch, Um, everything from what people wore (laughs) to the best part of the speech, which for me was the following lines. Um, he said, and I'm taking this out of context, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be talking a little bit about the highlights of his speech, but the, for me the highlight was when he said, we will reinforce old alliances and form new ones and unite the civilized world against radical Islamic terrorism which we will eradicate completely from the face of the earth. Now, why is that the biggest deal for me? Why oh, Why did I feel thrilled hearing those words come out of his mouth? Because our previous president, President Obama, would not call spades spades or radical Islamic terrorists, radical Islamic terrorists. In fact, he had the Homeland Security Department being um, uh, forbidden to call terrorists radical islamic terrorists now it's like he who would not be named you know lord baltimore in in um uh the uh, a children, in well in a children's book or or you know one of our favorite uh, pieces of literature and um it, well, there's no way that we're going to be able to combat Terrorists if we can't even name it what it actually is called So it we're not a children's book or a literary book We are actually fighting real terrorists and they are really called radical Islamic terrorists So I will get back to his speech Um, But I'm trying to today talk to you about how why that's important um, is that besides what I just said, is that it now gives us all permission to use these words. We don't have to be uh, PC. We don't have to think, you know, stop before we call them what they are and think, oh, I have to be politically correct. Uh, I, don't, I can't even, I don't know what I'm going to call them. These bad guys, these evildoers, <laughs> but I can't call them radical Islamists terrorists, and yes, you can. The president, the new president, the 45th president, has just given you permission to do so. And certainly, I mean, he has called them that in his speeches, of course, leading up to um, his winning the election. So it's not, I'm not trying to say that this is something super new, but it is super new in the sense that this is the first time he has officially called them that because it was his inaugural speech. I also want to implore you to uh, learn how to do what he talks about in his speech. And then I'm going to talk about um, by quoting some of the parts of his speech. Uh, And that is, he talks about putting America first. Now, for a lot of people, that's a hard thing to do. It sounds good, but do you feel a little guilty at that thought? Do you feel like, oh, I don't know, should we really be putting America first? Isn't that, I mean, what are the other countries going to think about that? Isn't that bad? I mean, we should, be, we should be giving to all the other countries, and we shouldn't be putting America first or putting ourselves first. Um, there's something that, that feels you know, narcissistic, like what Trump has been called throughout his campaign. Um, And and so it feels like that's a bad word to say that we should put us first. Well, it (laughs) ain't. I'm here to underscore what President Trump said, that it's about time that we do start putting America first because we have gotten into a lot of trouble by not thinking that way. And, you know, an interesting thing is that we began especially not thinking that way. Our confidence, our self-esteem, our pride has been damaged since 9-11. We have, we have, you know, we used to have that kind of patriotism. And I mean, think about the World War I and World War II and and how um, after the wars and well, for all these years, there wasn't any shame in, in putting America first. We, we were the first. We thought we were the first. And we were proud of saying that. But since 9-11, there's been uh, a damage done to our self-esteem. And so the idea of, once again, thinking of America as number one, putting America first, is a little scary to some of us and a little uncomfortable for some of us. But I'm here to tell you that you need to learn how to do just that. So I'm not going to talk much about, um, you know, I'm, I'm so tired of hearing about people, oh, you know, all the things up to this. Thank goodness the inauguration was today because I couldn't stand one more day of reading news about who's going to come, what celebrities said they weren't going to come, what protesters were going to come. Of course, we haven't heard the end of it because there's going to be the Women's March tomorrow. Um, But, you know, there have been immigration protests uh, and so on. And there's been so much negativity from all the people who didn't vote for Trump um, that it it really has been unfortunate and it did, uh, it did have an effect on the day. So, but I'm not going to get into, yes, I know that half of you are, didn't want him to become president and, um, I feel bad for you, you know, I know that that was, you probably didn't even watch the inauguration today. Certainly a lot of people didn't come to the inauguration today as a protest against him. But um, the election is over. Trump won. Um, I, I'm sorry that you're not as happy as if your candidate, Hillary Clinton, won. But And some of you think that he is a, a sexist pig or a clown, or he's going to deport you and deport your friends, and you have all these fears. I don't really think that they are going to come to pass. You know, a lot of time, both both Hillary and uh, Trump said things, had to say things in a louder voice on the campaign trail than um, either one of them would have carried out um, once they were president. I mean, that's not to say, and I certainly hope that uh, Trump is going to carry out most of what he said, um, but... But, you know, when you're, when you're campaigning, you have, to, you have to say it louder to get people to pay attention and to, be to shout above uh, the person you're running against. Now, as I've said in previous podcasts, the reason why, the number one reason why I love Trump, there are, <laughs> there are a number of reasons, but as the terrorist therapist, my number one reason is because I think he's going to be the one to keep us safest. And, um, now there are, I know there are some of you who are thinking that, uh, and and when I say safest, I mean, safest from terrorists, of course. Um, and I know some of you are thinking that, oh, well, no, we're going to be in more danger because he's very reckless and he puts, writes all these things in the middle of the night on Twitter and, um, he's going to piss off people in other countries and we're going to wind up in a war and, um, you know, things are going (laughs) to... Things are going to go to hell in a handbasket. So you're feeling less safe. Um, But think about it. First of all, he has toned down already some. Second of all, there are checks and balances in the government. It's not regardless of what he may tweet. (laughs) You know, there is Congress and there is the judicial branch and there are other uh, checks and balances to the president, although... Although Obama was doing uh, so much by executive order, uh, a lot of people might have forgotten that. Yes, indeed, you're really not supposed to do that. Um, But think about, regardless of what your feelings were today, watching the inauguration. I'm sure you saw some of it or read about it. um, Think about your children. If you have children, you you, and regardless of your disagreements with how trump feels on certain issues it's really important for you to communicate to your children that they need to respect the office of the presidency they need to respect america they need to respect um, to be patriotic and yes there are some there are going to be presidents who they agree with and presidents they don't agree with but we we still need to respect the office and um and to and to listen to what the person has to say. Now, before I get into um, before I get into the, his speech, let me say a little bit about um, about the uh, what I watched the uh, immigration and <laughs> couldn't I couldn't uh, take my eyes off of it. Um, I felt a lot of pride in America. Um, I, you know, all the, the national anthem and all these, the music and all the pomp and circumstance. I mean, if you weren't, if your heart wasn't beating a little faster to all of that, even if you didn't vote for Trump, that's kind of sad. And that's exactly what Trump talks about in his, talked about in his inauguration speech, how important patriotism is. To eradicate our differences, how we need to come together and unify in our patriotism. Now, terrorists are cheering the naysayers. Um, you know, all this stuff that happened before the inauguration and, and actually during the inauguration, there were some um, protests. Not as much, fortunately, as, as uh, not as violent as people were afraid of. Of course, that's because there was so much. Uh, protection um, I and mean, there were some some protesters who got a little violent but it really wasn't a big deal but terrorists are loving the naysayers because they're afraid of a Trump presidency because they know that he's going to be a lot tougher on terrorists than President Obama was uh, he's ta- Trump has talked about before the inauguration about a ban on Muslims entering the country, which is probably gonna be talking, really he's talking more about better vetting, especially of people coming from terrorist ridden countries. Um, He's selected tough military men for positions in the military and in security, and the clear boldness of Trump to get his agenda done, despite all of the criticism. So, l- I want to talk about um, the the actual inauguration before I get to his speech. first of all, um, I think you know of course predictable he was wearing a red tie with, <laughs> um, which is you know the i mean they were, his family was all in red, white, and blue, and of course, he would be in the red you know the most prominent, the most uh, um, aggressive, I guess, color. Melania looked amazing. I mean, yes, she's a beautiful woman, but um, she looked so regal. She was wearing a pow- powder blue coat over a powder blue suit. She's been compared to Jackie Kennedy. Um, it was a Ralph Lauren suit. She looked so elegant, so reserved. Uh, she was moved during the whole. Uh, um, the whole ceremony particularly of course the oath of office she at the beginning she was seeming a little overwhelmed by it all um it's so far from her childhood i mean she could never have imagined when she was growing up being the first lady of america and she probably did imagine it when she as she was getting a little older but really for it to come, her dream to come to fruition she was wearing blue gloves blue high heels her whole outfit was gorgeous, but it wasn't just that it was, you know, pretty, pretty, (laughs) it was that just the elegance, she radiated elegance. Um, Then, of course, we had Ivanka, Donald Trump's daughter, and Tiffany, um, his daughter, they were wearing white suits, they looked very pretty, they were also uh, very um, elegant in their own way. Um, Barron, I felt so sorry for Barron. Fortunately, as the day wore on, uh, he got happier, (laughs) but no one seemed to be paying much attention to him at the beginning. Uh, He walked down the steps. He was stiff. He was scared, terrified. Um, when, When they led him to, well, they didn't even really lead him, when he walked down behind the other Trump children, he went into his row, but the other children weren't really paying much attention to him, weren't um, taking into consideration that at 10 years old, he must be scared stiff. Um, Ivanka paid a little attention to him, but really, I think they could have, should have done better. Uh, he, he finally, though, as the day wore on, um, he was more... He relaxed more, especially when his mother came down the stairs and she was close by him and they chatted a little bit. Um, Then he started to relax and particularly when he was watching the parade, he was enjoying himself. Then there was Hillary and Bill. Um, They both looked better rested, better than they looked at the end of uh, election night, certainly. Bill looked a little dazed, Bill Clinton. Um Hillary, you got to give her credit for showing up since a lot of Democrats didn't, so she didn't have to show up, but she did. However, I think that she's going to have a toothache and a jaw ache from cl- smiling through clenched teeth. <laughs> it was painful just to watch her. Uh, she looked good, you know, especially compared to how she looked after the election. I mean this, she did an amazing recovery and she was smiling at people and waving at people a little bit, but her teeth were clenched throughout the whole thing. It was really taking a lot for her to be there. You could just tell. Mike Pence, he's such a um, a lovely counterpoint to Trump. His family, you know, he was very, well, Trump was sincere too, but he was, you know, he's middle America. Um, taking the oath, it was like he was... Uh, feeling that God was shining down on him, he was so down to earth um, and 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 he 's going to be a, a great counterpoint to donald trump um, what 's interesting about Trump, everyone was talking about how narcissistic he was during the campaign, and you know that, that, that was a bad thing he 's so narcissistic but what 's really interesting, what I noticed was that and yes, I, I did admit <laughs> that even though I, you know, made no uh, uh, secret of who I was voting for, and I tried pr- promoting Trump in every medium that I could, um, but uh, you know, I did acknowledge that he was narcissistic, that he did have a narcissistic personality or at least narcissistic personality traits. However, what is interesting Is that he has now transferred his narcissism, or at least a good portion of it, to America. And that is part of his make America great, again, make America number one. In other words, instead of him being number one, he has now melded as the president with America, and he wants you to make America number one, which of course is good for the country. Now, one little sad note. Um, I, when you looked at, you couldn't really tell as much when you looked at the ceremony, um, the swearing-in ceremony and, and the ceremony at that, in, in that location, the original, the beginnings of the inauguration, the, the formal part of the inauguration. You couldn't really tell, except for some cutaway shots, um, how many or how few people there were there. But when, um, if you watched any of the parade, that's where you could see that so many of the seats or the, the, the standing room, um, the places where people were supposed to stand or could have stood, um, were empty. Now, maybe some of that was done for security, but I certainly don't think all of it. And in fact, there have been reports, actually, about the numbers of people who, um, they don't have a, I don't know if they have a final count right now, but as I'm talking right now, but um, there certainly have been lots of reports about how there are far fewer people who were there than for President Obama or even for, for President Bush. So, you know, it made me, so then I, I realized um, how, because because there was, it was somewhat subdued and that, that was kind of disappointing. I felt really bad for President Trump and Vice President Pence and, and for us, <laughs> for Americans, for, for all the people into other countries who were watching this inauguration um, and seeing that there wasn't a great turnout. Um, it made me think of when you're a little kid and you invite your whole class and lots of other people to your birthday party and only two people show up you know that feeling well that's what i wonder and i think that maybe trump and pence were feeling that um that people didn't come to their birthday parties. It might, you know, it might've reminded them, although I have a feeling that when Trump had birthday parties, (laughs) when he was a little kid, somehow his parents made sure there were lots of people there. But, um, and I don't know, it's probably just naturally had lots of people there. Um, But, but it must've made it hard, um, especially for Trump to look out at an audience when he was giving his speech and seeing that it wasn't as full as it could have been, I mean, not all places were taken. In other words, so um, so that was that was. I felt bad for them about that, and as I said, for us too. Now, on the flip side of that, um, there weren't as many protesters either, and the protesters weren't as violent. So that's a positive thing. So let me talk about some specifics of his speech. Um, he started out, you know, first of all, before the speech, um, there were lots of shots, photo ops um, with uh, Trump and, and Melania and, um, and Obama and Michelle Obama, and, you know, they were putting on, in their, be- on their best behavior, making the transition and all of that. And then um, Trump started his speech and he, he thanked people first and then he said, We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and to restore its promise for all of our people. Now, imagine what Obama was thinking. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Rebuild our country. What do you mean? I've just been president for eight years, and I thought I did a pretty damn good job. Why do we have to rebuild? (laughs) Uh, So I think he was worried that it was going to go downhill from there. Um, I'm skipping around in in President Trump's speech, just doing the highlights. Um, He he said soon after that he said we are grateful to President Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama for their gracious aid throughout this transition they have been magnificent (laughs) then he goes on to say today's ceremony however has very special meaning because today we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another but we are transferring power from washington dc and giving it back to you the american people For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. Washington flourished, but the people did not share in its wealth. Politicians prospered, but the jobs left and the factories closed. The establishment protected itself, but not the citizens of our country. Their victories have not been your victories. Their triumphs have not been your triumphs. And while they celebrated in our nation's capital, there was little to celebrate for struggling families all across our land. That all changes starting right here and right now, because this moment is your moment. It belongs to you. Now that's all very literary, but um, <laughs> you gotta give the guy credit for saying that. When when right behind him are all you know are all the people he's talking about who flourished and prospered and protected itself, um, as opposed to you, the citizens of America. So um, people I'm sure were squirming in their seats, but he you know, is sincere and it's not really a surprise. Um, these are the kinds of things he's been saying all along as he was campaigning. It just kind of took <laughs> a lot more chutzpah <laughs> to say it in his inaugural speech with a background of all these people who he's talking about. Um, then he talks about rusted out factories scattered like tombstones across the landscape of our nation, an education system flush with cash, but which leaves our young and beautiful students deprived of knowledge. I mean, there's really a lot of, um, it's very literary. His speech is very literary. He would get an A plus. And reportedly he wrote it himself. Then I'm moving on, Um, this is where we get to the part about America first. Now think about this and try to think about each of these words because this is, he's right about these things and it is, we do have to get comfortable with thinking this way. For many decades we've enriched foreign industry at the expense of American industry subsidized the armies of other countries while allowing for the very sad depletion of our military. We've defended other nations' borders while refusing to defend our own, and spent trillions of dollars overseas while America's infrastructure has fallen into disrepair and decay. We've made other countries rich while the wealth, strength, and confidence of our country has disappeared over the horizon one by one the factories shuttered and left our shores with not even a thought about the millions upon millions of american workers left behind the wealth of our middle class has been ripped from their homes and then redistributed across the entire world i mean that's right that is what happened and he has the guts to say it but that is the past and now we are looking only to the future we assembled here we assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this moment on, it's going to be America first. So he's calling, and he's not only talking to Americans in this speech, he's talking to people in every foreign capital Um, and, and and giving them a heads up. Hey guys, we've been really, really, really generous, um, which is, you know, (laughs) I don't think he's saying that we're not going to be, um, beneficent. Um, but we, it's time we've been, we've been, um, generous to a fault. And now it's time that we have to start putting America first because we have, we have gotten too weak in the interim. He says, America will start winning again, winning like never before. We will follow two simple rules, buy American and hire American. Now, you know, this is, when you look at this speech from the viewpoint of someone who um, has been a businessman, essentially, like Trump, I mean, he sees the world and America and the problems, from his perspective as a businessman. And he is um, intent upon building America back up, making it the rich country that it once was. And <laughs> sounds good to me. <laughs> and um, But you see how he's, he's thinking, buy American and hire American. Again, not that these are super new concepts, Uh, If you've listened to any of his campaign speeches, but he's telling everybody this is what is going to be key uh, in his administration. And yes, that is a way to bring back our prosperity. He said, we will seek friendship and goodwill with the nations of the world, but we do so with the understanding that it is the right of all nations to put their own interests first. Now I have a feeling. Not only, of course, is he talking about America. What he just said about put America first, but I think he may also be talking about Israel. And uh, in light of the recent UN resolution, where you know other countries thought that they somehow had the right to tell Israel what to do with its borders, um, and so. You know, that's, that's a, a, I think, a conscious or unconscious nod to Israel there. We do not seek to impose our way of life on anyone, but rather to let it shine as an example for everyone to follow. And then here comes my favorite part. We will reinforce old alliances and form new ones and unite the civilized world against radical Islamic terrorism which we will eradicate completely from the face of the earth. And then he goes on to say, at the bedrock of our politics will be a total allegiance to the United States of America, and through our loyalty to our country, we will rediscover our loyalty to each other. Now, this is the part of this speech where he's talking about unity, and I think he does it um, very eloquently. When you open your heart to patriotism, there is no room for prejudice. The Bible tells us how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. We must speak our minds openly, debate our disagreements honestly, but always pursue solidarity. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. And so... um, you know, he's, he's saying that, that, in fact, if we all come together for love of our country, these squabbles that we've been having during the campaign um, can, be, can be, if not buried, can be certainly softened because we're putting America first and we're putting our patriotism first. We will be protected by the great men and women of our military and law enforcement, and most importantly, we are protected by God. Now, this is the second time, at least, that He mentions God, and that's you know He that isn't coincidence. Um, he is um, He is letting it be known that, that He does believe in God, and that um, and that 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 is um, part of what America was founded on, you know, in God we trust and all of that. Uh, And he's saying that he's not going to be intimidated um, by those who think it is more politically correct to not talk about God. Then he says, finally, we must think big and dream even bigger. In America, we understand that a nation is only living as long as it is striving. We will no longer accept politicians who are all talk and no action, constantly kept complaining but never doing anything about it. Now, of course, that was his nod toward Hillary. (laughs) She must have been squirming at that part. Well, I'm sure she was squirming (laughs) throughout the whole thing, as was Obama. Um, Now, remember, I'm just picking out highlights, so it's not exactly, it's it's, it's in order, but not the whole speech. A new national pride will stir our souls, lift our sights and heal our divisions. It is time to remember that old wisdom, our soldiers it's time to remember that old wisdom, our soldiers will never forget, that whether we are black or brown or white, we all bleed the same red blood of patriots. We all enjoy the same glorious freedoms, and we all salute the same great American flag. And whether a child is born in the urban sprawl of Detroit or the wind plains of Nebraska, they look up at the same night sky, they fill their heart with the same dreams, and they are infused with the breath of life by the same almighty creator. So to all Americans in every city, near and far, small and large, from mountain to mountain, and from ocean to ocean, hear these words. You will never be ignored again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny, and your courage and goodness and love will forever guide us along the way. And then he goes into his his um, you know <laughs> what he his slogan, what he has has um, been promoting throughout the campaign. Together, we will make America strong again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And yes, together we will make America great again. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. Well, I get choked up reading this, even just reading the highlights, and I was choked up listening to him say it. I think it was a very eloquent speech. Yes, you know, um, some of it we have heard parts of before, but it was very well thought out, especially the parts about unity. And of course, especially, uh, radical Islamist terrorism. Um, you know, hopefully with this, with this, uh, new election, um, People will feel free to not be so PC, to not censor ourselves. Of course, as you, as you know from listening to my podcast, I don't really censor myself except to be aware that what I'm saying is not PC. So, you know, we just have to tell things like they are. I mean, just tell the truth. Certainly not to be crass or, or thoughtless or insensitive but not to hide what's really going on because, and and die for PC. Well, we've come to the Ask the Terrorist Therapist part of the program. And I will read a letter from Sophie from Wisconsin. Dear Terrorist Therapist, I've been watching the inauguration all day. It's really very exciting but I'm scared because our country still seems so divided. It's so disrespectful for people not to show up. Democrats, congressmen, celebrities, even just onlookers. I hope our country will come together. What do you think? Well, Sophie, I certainly hope so. Um, There is nothing to be gained. I mean, I, I, I certainly believe that Anyone who, has, who believes in certain issues feels strongly about certain issues that they think um, are opposite to what they think that Trump thinks or what he's talked about or what he's going to do. But so, you know, there are ways to certainly keep on trying to, to promote um, what you believe in terms of these issues uh, and preferably to promote it peacefully. But um, at the same time, I think this whole idea of um, of being coming together in patriotism is a really good one, and um, I think that that if we put America first, if we think that start thinking that it's okay. To feel proud of our country once again not embarrassed for our country, we have so much to be proud about we have gone through so much we've we've gone through we're still going through a recession we've um, but American workers have still been looking for jobs I mean a lot have dropped out but hopefully there will be renewed um, interest and opportunity now already you know already uh, Trump has brought has caused companies to bring jobs back to America or to not open plants in other countries as they were planning. I mean, he's already been sh- been, been um, following his words with action. So, I mean, just my, my thing is just give the guy a chance. Just hold on to your horses, <laughs> um, you know, just wait and see. I, I think that people are gonna be really, really surprised. I think he really is gonna make this country prosperous again. I think most of all that he's going to be keeping us safe again. I think when he took the oath, certainly there was, if you were watching, and I hope you were, and if you, if you missed the inauguration, please, please, please look at it. You know, there are plenty of places on the internet where you can see the video. Um, because certainly you can tell that his heart is fully into it. Imagine he had to what he imagine what he had to overcome to become president There were 17 other Republicans in the primaries Hillary Clinton was the Washington establishment even President Obama Went campaigning for her. I mean, you know, he worked Much harder than I think he ever expected to work to have to to get the presidency So this isn't just fun and games for him. You know, he was already a billionaire he didn't need to become president. He was already a TV personality, a TV celebrity. He didn't need to become president. If you remember years ago, when he first started talking about, he was thinking about running for president. And at the beginning, I don't think it was super serious. But as time went on and he saw where this country was going and how it was going downhill under President Obama, he got more passionate about tr- making America great again. And um, I think with his skills, yes, he hasn't been, he's never held any other kind of uh, political office. He certainly has been the head of um, a whole bunch of companies that have done very well. Um, And he's really in it with a sincere heart. And uh, it's not just to add another feather to his cap. And so he really, and you can tell, you know, I think this speech, I would really implore you also to to read the speech, to to listen to it on video, on the internet, and to also find transcripts of the speech, and read it more slowly. Think about the words um, that he said, because, you know, it was a little distracting when you were watching him say it, because, because there was so much to look at, and, you know, there was just, just the whole... Uh, I, you know, the the fact that this was an inauguration, it was just kind of, it was hard to concentrate on each of the words. I picked out today what I thought was most important, but please find it on the internet, read the transcript, think about what he's saying, think about having pride in America, and think about on your own what you can do to make America great again. Thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. And um, please do what you can. If each of us, not just depending upon President Trump, but if each of us does what we can to make America great again, you will be blown away by how this country blossoms.